0: You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. morning, How y'all doing? It's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited to continue on with our Inside Out series. Uh, So far, just a quick recap. We've discussed... How to Live a Radical Life in the Midst of Trials. Last week, Pastor Daniel talked about our response to those trials um, and how we should listen, how we should obey, and how we should repent. And this week, we're going to jump straight in to chapter 2. But really quick, what I want to do is I want to jump back to James 1, 26 and 27 because those last two verses of chapter 1 springboard us straight in to chapter 2. So... If you have your Bibles, James 1, 26 and 27. Really quick, I was told to make this announcement. Saturday, February 15th, our women's life group is having a truth be told art party from two to five at the Harlem Civic Center. So if you're interested in that, see Ashley or Taryn uh, and they can get you signed up and set up for that life group. Y'all ready? Let's jump in. James 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you take over and I pray that your spirit speaks to minds and hearts this morning. God, I pray that you use this time to change lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here James brings up an important topic. He brings up the topic of pure and undefiled religion. Now, I want you to understand something, and Pastor Daniel touched on this last week, is when we see religious and religion here in James, it isn't talking about justification. What he's talking about here is how to live out your faith in a practical way. So if we truly want to live out our faith the way God has called us to do so, This is what he says to do, and it springboards us straight in to chapter 2. This says to love people. Verse 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. So he's saying, hey, let's love people. Let's care about people. And this is one of the ways we can practically live out our faith. This is how we can do it the way God's called us to do it. So that leads us straight into James 2. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. And then we're just going to unpack this a little bit this morning. James 2, starting in verse 1, says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the whole law. So speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So today... I want us to look at the reality of partiality, the reality of partiality. And it, it's an epidemic in America. It's an epidemic in America. What happens here is James is talking to people in the first century again, we, we discussed in week one that James is writing to Christ followers, he's writing to believers, and they're struggling with this aspect because what was happening in the first century is that the rich were taking advantage of the poor to get even richer. But the poor, the, the common folk, we'll just say that, they were showing partiality to the rich because they thought that it could help them get to a higher status. But what's it look like now? What's it look like in our world right now? Partiality. James says this, hey, if a rich man comes into church and a poor shabby looking guy comes into church and you you let the rich man have a seat of honor and respect and you tell the poor man that he has to sit on the ground or he has to stand over there, then what you've done is you've shown partiality. You haven't lived out your faith the way that God's called you to do so. We took the, the girls to Great Wolf Lodge this weekend. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's just this big indoor water park with tons of attractions and a hotel all attached in one, which is really good for me because I didn't have to drive anywhere. We got there and everything was there. We got there Friday evening. We all put on our bathing suits and we went to the water park. And the first thing I see was like these really big buff guys all around. I, and, I, and I'm not... I don't want you to think that that's all I was looking at, but that's what caught my attention, were these guys with small stomachs and big chests. And I'm thinking, man, mine's opposite. Like, I don't understand. Like, my chest has gone down, and this is big, and this isn't. And everywhere I turned, that's all I saw were these guys that were in shape. And I was like, you know what? I'm not taking my shirt off. I'm just not doing it. There's, there's no way I'm going to take my shirt off with all these buff guys around. So what I was doing is I was judging these guys not in a bad way, actually in a good way, I was judging these guys by their external appearance. That's common, right? We do that. But how does that look in the church? What does it look like to show partiality as Christ followers? So the reality of partiality is this. I just have two quick points for you. Number one, it's the opposite of God's character. Showing partiality is the opposite of God's character. In Romans 2.11 it says this, for God shows no partiality. What does that mean? How is this against God's character? If you remember all the way back to launch Sunday, we discussed what God's love looks like. We explained it. We explained that His love is that He died for undeserving people. We explained that his love is that He died for people who were unworthy, who were weak, who were full of sin, who were ungodly, who didn't deserve His love. But He showed no partiality. Romans 5.8 says, But God chose His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No partiality. And James touches this in the the very first verse. He says, my brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. So here's this phrase, the Lord of glory, that James throws in there because he wants to remind his readers, and it's a good reminder for us, that we serve a glorious God. And in the glory of God, we're all messed up, jacked up, undeserving people. Amen. That's all of us. We don't deserve God's love, but it's available for all. In John 3.16, we see that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes that anybody, it's available for all. No partiality. It's against the character of God. He's full of grace and love. He also focuses on the inside, not the outside. In 1 Samuel, we see that, that Samuel is going to, to a home to anoint the next king. And he walks in to the house and, and this tall, handsome boy walks out and, and he immediately thinks, this has gotta be the guy. This has gotta be him. And, and God says, no, don't look at that. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So here's what happened. Every son walks through and God's like, nope, 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 nope. So here's the prophet saying, hey, I know God sent me to anoint one of these guys. So he looks at the father and he says, hey, is this all you got? Do you have any other kids? He's like, yeah, I do. I have a young boy, the youngest, but he's outside tending to the sheep. And the prophet says, hey, you know what? We're not going to start this party. We're not even going to take a seat until he gets inside. So here is David outside tending to the sheep. Wasn't even invited to the party. And now he has a standing invitation from God. So I'm here to encourage somebody this morning that even though you may feel invisible, doesn't mean that you're not valuable. You may not be visible to people, but you're valuable to God. And for the Christ follower, man, this is something that we have to, we have to grasp it, this, this morning, is that there's going to be people that aren't like us. There's going to be people that are completely different. And God's called us to love these people, to care for these people, to show no partiality. And in this text, man, sometimes it's translated favoritism but that's not really what James is getting at here. James is really getting at prejudice. He's saying, "Hey, it's not that you're showing favor to another group. It's that you're you're showing prejudice to another group." Man, that's a that's a bad word in church. Is prejudice. We don't like to talk about it, but it's real and it's something that the church should be leading in and we're not doing a very good job of it. Man, the church should be so inclusive for people. We should love people. Man, yeah, we should teach the truth and, and we should, we should hold people to, to the truth of scripture and we should love and encourage. But here's the deal. We should look like heaven on earth. And we're failing at that as a church in general. Man, I know y'all have heard me say this, but the 11 o'clock hour is the most divided hour in America. Because you have This church over here with a bunch of elder people. This church over here with a bunch of young people. This church over here with a bunch of rich people. This church over here with a bunch of not-so-rich people. This church over here with a bunch of white people. This church over here with a bunch of black people. And everything separated. That's not what heaven looks like. God didn't just die for the rich. He didn't just die for the poor. He didn't just die for the white. He didn't just die for the black. He died for everybody. And it's our responsibility as Christ followers to love like he calls us to love. It's against God's character to show partiality. He's full of grace and love. He focuses on the inside, not the outside. Now, we have to understand this. We can't move forward as a church until we get it. The world should be able to look at the body of Christ and say, hey, I can't understand what's happening. All these people are together. All these people are serving the same worthy God. I don't get it. That's what we want the world to say. We don't want them to be able to understand so then we can explain to them, this is why we do it because God shows no partiality. He's full of grace and he's full of love. He's called us to do the same thing. This is where it's at. If we truly want to live out our faith, We have to get this. We have to show no partiality. Not only is partiality the opposite of God's character, but it's the opposite of God's command. It's the opposite of God's command. In verse 8, we see to love your neighbor as yourself. It says, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So the royal law is to love God with everything you have, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And we talked about this just a few weeks ago. We gave some practical ways that we could really show love to the world. But I want to I take this a little bit deeper this morning, and I want to tell you that it's not a suggestion. God, God's not suggesting that you do this. God's demanding that you do it. And you say, whoa, how can, how can a loving God demand us to do anything, right? He just gives us a, a suggestion, and, and we go and we do it. God is demanding this is a demand from God that we love our neighbor as ourself. Not the neighbor you choose, but all neighbors. If you're honest with yourself, there's, there's a certain group of people, whether it's the an older group or a younger group, or if it's if it's racial or if it's gender related, or if it's, man, this person is, is struggling with addiction, or whatever it is, there's a group of people that you don't feel comfortable loving. Let's be honest. There's a group of people that you don't feel comfortable loving. My prayer this morning is that those walls come tumbling down. We have to get to a point as Christ followers that we love people the way God's commanded us to do it. If we show partiality, guess what? It's a sin. It's in the very next verse. James 2, 9 says, But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. This is what we do as Christ followers. We say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not cheating on my spouse, or I'm not killing anybody, so I'm good. And James is saying, hey, if you show partiality, even though you haven't done these other things, you're guilty of the whole law. Any sin separates us from God. doesn't matter what sin it is. It separates us from God's love. That's the reason we need a Savior. We're imperfect people. We all fall short. And God in His infinite love decided that He wanted to take care of that for us. But He's given us some practical ways to live out our faith. And I think that we have to take some steps this morning. We're a a new church. God continues to, to send people to impact and we're grateful. Everything that you ever see here is all because of Him. It's not because of anything that any of us have done. It's because of God's grace and his, his mercy and His favor upon impact. But we dream to be a church of all people. We don't dream to be a church of just people that look just like me or look just like you. We dream of being a church that looks just like heaven. A church that reaches people but it starts with you individually and it starts with me individually to live it out the way that God's called us to live it out. So God's command is love your neighbor as yourself. Partiality is a sin and show mercy to be shown mercy. In verse 13, it says, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is James just repeating something from the Sermon on the Mount which He does numerous times in this. But He says, hey, show mercy to people. Do you want mercy shown to you? Do you want forgiveness shown to you? Do you want grace shown to you? Then show it to other people. And I know it's hard. Man, this is one of the hardest ones to get because we don't feel like people deserve mercy. We don't feel like people deserve grace. We don't feel like people deserve forgiveness. And, and God in His glory, the way that James starts chapter 2, says, hey, you know what? You didn't deserve it either. You didn't deserve mercy. You didn't deserve grace. You didn't deserve forgiveness. But you know what? I poured it out on you anyway. Despite who you are. Despite who you were. Despite who you'll be. In your condition, I poured those things out on you. And then he gives us the opportunity to accept or decline. And there's going to be some people that you pour that stuff out to, you. you pour mercy, you pour grace, and you pour forgiveness, and they're going to decline that. That's not on you. Your job is to just show it. You're not showing it because you want a response from them. You're showing mercy, and you're showing grace, and you're showing forgiveness because God has demanded that you do it. It's so you can live in freedom. This is this is something that, it's an epidemic, and it's one of, It's one of the reasons that we started Impact Church. And and the first few Sundays you've heard us say that, hey, this is one of the reasons and this is one of the reasons and that's on purpose because we want y'all to know why we started the church. And one of the big reasons, if you remember, was because we, we think there's a lot of people that believe that they're right with God and they're on their way to heaven, but they've never actually had a hard experience with His love. They've never began following after Him. They were raised in church and they think, you know what, hey, I'm good. And another reason is because the church needs a makeover. Now, I'm not calling out any specific church, I'm just saying the church in general needs a makeover. We need people that love people. We need to be a church that cares about people. A church that cares about our community in a way that they've never seen before. We should be leading the way. And to to get practical as I can be with you this morning, man, our country is in a mess. We're divided in every which way in our country. Whether it's divided by gender or race or political view or whatever it may be, we're just divided. And the church is doing nothing to fix it. The church with a capital C Again, I'm not bashing any church. I'm saying that we have an opportunity here as a body of Christ to make a difference in this community. To say, hey, I know that the rest of the world may look divided, but we're not that way here. And we want this community to not be that way. Let us lead the way. Let us be a people that show no partiality. Let us be a people that, that love like Christ. Let us be a people that love our neighbor as ourselves. Let us be a people that show mercy and grace and love. James can't be any clearer in these 13 verses. He gives an example. He says partiality is a sin. And he shows that God demands something different. And what are we going to do about it as as a Christ follower? What are we going to do about it personally? Because I'm here to tell you that Corporately, we could never be what God's called us to be unless individually we get there. And and we miss this, so don't miss this this morning, please. I'm challenging you as an individual to live out your faith in a way that shows love and compassion for other people with no partiality. And it's going to look different for each person, what that means, what that looks like, how you live that out. But I'm challenging you this morning. Man, have you ever have you ever been somewhere and man you, you were really motivated and, and encouraged just to, to do anything? Raise your hand. You ever been somewhere like that? You just it motivates you and encourages you. Okay, that's I hope that happens here, but that's not the goal. My goal is to challenge you with scripture. Man, I want you to be motivated and I want you to be encouraged, but that's not why I'm here. God's called me to to preach the truth of the Bible. His word. And the truth is, show no partiality because it's a sin. It's the opposite of God's character. It's the opposite of what God commands us to do. If you truly have Christ inside of you, we need to live it out in a way that shows love and compassion and mercy to other people. It's the third point of our principle here to show God's love to the world. Show God's love to your world in practical ways. I want to do something this morning that may be a little uncomfortable to you. uh, But I just want everybody to stand up. Because I don't want to leave today without making a decision to love people. I want us all to do that. So I'm going to ask you a question. And if you can say yes to this question, I just want you to hold the hand of the person next to you. If they have rough hands, I apologize. I didn't think that through before. How many of you have ever experienced prejudice in your life? If that's you, I just want you to hold somebody's hand next to you. How many of you have ever just had just seen it? Maybe you haven't experienced, but you've seen it. I just want you to hold the person's hand next to you. And this morning, what I want you to do is I want you to realize that everybody's holding hands in this place. So everybody's either experienced some sort of prejudice or they've seen it happen around them. Everybody in this room, myself included. That's everybody. So that means that we could really go out into this community and we can ask the same question and everybody's hand would go up. And how sad is that? That we live in a world where prejudice is just rampant. And if we're honest with ourselves, we've probably dished that out a time or two. And God says, hey, this isn't what I've called you to do. And if you really want to live your faith out, if you really want to have practical, genuine faith, you got to let that go. So this morning, as we're holding hands together, I want us to pray together. And I want us to make a decision and a commitment that from this point forward, as individuals and as a church, we're gonna love like God's called us to love. We're gonna love people no matter what. Man, God, He man, we don't deserve it. I can never, I never get away from that, that we don't deserve His love and His grace. And there's nothing that I've ever done that says, hey, you know what? I'm worthy. God, I'm worthy of everything you are because I'm not and I'll never be. And I think when you can get that, when it truly sinks in that God's loved you, even though you don't deserve it, then it makes it a lot easier to love other people. Man, if we look at, at people in life in the glory of Almighty God, how much easier is it to say, hey, you know what? I know you're jacked up, but guess what? So am I. And I'm going to love you. That's a commitment we have to make today. So I'm asking you, I'm challenging you as as I pray over us this morning. Pray in your hearts that today, from this point forward, you're going to live inside out. You're going to allow God's love to pour out of you onto other people. You're going to say, no more showing partiality. I want to love everybody the way God's called me to love. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.